Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. As I sit here today, unequivocally, I believe that we have the right set of individuals, and my expectations are extremely high. We need to win the NFC North. The WGN Radio Football Podcast. We are building an organization here that will be highly successful on the field. Our goal is to win the division every year, to represent the NFC, not only in the Super Bowl, but to win a Super Bowl. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. This is a destination that people want to come. Everyone around the world who considers themselves affiliated, associated, or respects and loves the Chicago Bears, we're going to continually do it with style, grace, class, and humility. Now, here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into another edition of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell, joined by Caitlin Sharkey from WGN TV, sports anchor and reporter. You can see her at night on GN Sports and Chicago Football Weekly. Caitlin, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Uh, you spent a lot of time at Hallis Hall this year, and there were moments where it looked like things were unraveling earlier on in the year, and I do think Matt Eberflus did a pretty good job of keeping things together in Lake Forest. Uh, you were there for the end-of-season press conference. What were things like? What were some of the takeaways for you uh, after the news broke that Luke Getze, four other assistants were fired, Matt Eberflus would be returning? What What was it like at Hallis Hall this week? I think it was um, interesting in some respects about, you know, the the direction you could tell that they're trying to go with this team and Ryan Pohl specifically. And I think, first and foremost, Matt Eberflus, I know a lot of people were – maybe surprised that he was returning for a third season in Chicago, but I wasn't at all. I, I predicted that, you know, there would be some changes on the coaching staff, but I thought, like you alluded to, Kevin, Matt Eberflus wasn't going anywhere simply because he handled the storm. And they, they had a storm this season with, with coaches being let go for HR reasons, that 0-4 start, all of the things that they dealt with as a team – all those close, bad losses, and he kept that locker room together. So I wasn't surprised that Matt Eberflus will remain as head coach, but I also wasn't surprised that offensive coordinator Luke Getze and quarterback coach Andrew Janoko were out because I think it's clear to anyone that watched Bears football this season, the offense wasn't good enough. And I think it was Ryan Poles used the term in his end-of-season presser comments that it's a marriage. It was a marriage between Justin not always doing the things he needed to do, but also Getsy not putting the offense in the right positions, not adapting to whatever personnel they had on the field. And I think we saw that too many times. So I thought the presser was good. It was informative. Um, interesting in the respect of the comments that Ryan Poles made about Justin Fields and his future and them holding the number one pick for a second straight year. I, I think it was some of the terms that he used, like we're in information gathering mode. This is a unique situation. We have to look at everything. I don't know. That's a decision, and you can tell his head is still circling the many different scenarios they could have, whether or not they keep Justin Fields, trade that pick, keep the pick, whatever their direction they're going to go at quarterback. It, it was kind of funny hearing Ryan Poles basically say that, right? And he kind of said it with a smile. He's like, look, my my, I've been going all over the place with this. Just, just like 
Fans have been doing it all season, just like media members. Like, what are they going to do? And maybe he doesn't know. But I would say personally, Caitlin, after listening to it, especially Kevin Warren talking about stability and giving things time and all of that. And look, I've gone over all of the scenarios like everybody has, right? I've kind of even flip-flopped on my own. Of course you draft Caleb. Of course you stick with Justin. Of course you trade the pick. I've gone through every scenario. We all have. But I will say, after listening to it, I'm kind of leaning that that maybe they will run it back with Justin. What What's your hunch? What is your sense in, in terms of Justin in the future and all of that? Yeah, I think... I think polls use the term, you know, once again, like he did last year, we'd have to be blown away. And I think that's really a situation that they're in. And I don't think Ryan polls, sure. They may have a hunch or they may have an idea, but I don't, I'm not sure they're taking calls, right? They're answering all the phones saying, okay, if Justin may be our guy, but if this offer comes through or if we can get even more draft capital for him and it, and if we can move in this direction, they'll consider it. But, yeah, they preached continuity and stability and kind of this methodical, deliberate um, improvement as an organization. So a lot of that starts with, you know, you don't want to change and start over at the quarterback position. But I think they created this interesting dynamic of, okay, so you have a head coach returning for a third year, kind of in a prove-it situation. Because if there isn't any noticeable improvement on this team, if they run it back and they're 7-10 and 10 again, then you have to really take a hard look at Matty Rufloos and say, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But if you hire a new offensive coordinator, they did say at the presser they were confident that Justin would have no issue. He, they said he's a, smart, he's a smart man. He can learn a third offense in four years. Okay, he may be able to learn it, but do you want to be in that position as a group? But on the flip, on the other, other side of the coin, you bring in a rookie quarterback where that locker room has preached how much they love Justin Fields and that matters to some degree. You bring in a rookie quarterback who we, we can see his film. We know he's you know this generational talent that everyone's talking about. But you don't know how that's going to translate to the NFL. He could be a Bryce Young or he could be a C.J. Strauss. You know what you have in Justin Fields. You know his skill set. You know his strengths. You know his weaknesses. So do you bring in an O.C. that can adapt to Justin and really tap into what he does best, better than Luke Getze did? Because I don't think Getze was equipped to do so. Or do you start all over? And I think I'm with you, Kevin. I think the writing is unless they get blown away by an incredible trade opportunity for Justin Fields, I, I think he's staying in Chicago. Yeah. And I thought it was a good answer from Matt Eberfus when that question was brought up about the whole, you know, with third, third offense. Now he would be, he would be entering in his fourth year and all of that. Matt, and as you said, Matt said, uh, you know, he's a smart guy. And he can handle it. And I and look, I thought that was a good answer, and I thought that showed support for Justin. And I agree. I think Justin's been a complete pro. I mean, he understands the the pressure that and the focus that he gets in this town, where everybody is desperate for a franchise quarterback. But I do think there's a difference between Justin understanding it and doing well in it, and and mastering it. You know, it's like you're in mm-hmm. your fourth year, like you should be the master of your offense, and it's it's not nothing really. I think Justin's been put in it in a really difficult spot. I mean, because as you all as you laid out like this has been the cycle of the Bears, right? Everything's not synced mm-hmm. up. And that's the worry I think a lot of Bears fans. And I I for one was not just hollering for Matt Eberflus to be let go. He did show improvement. He did show a good job of keeping things together at, at Hallis Hall. Um but it it does feel like it complicates the quarterback situa- situation a little mm-hmm. bit more because as you said, who knows what next year brings? You know, barring an injury to the starting quarterback, whoever it is, 
the expectation next year will be playoffs. And if they're not there, you know, everything just feels a little off. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's disjointed. I think, it just feels yeah. like what, what direction are you really truly trying to go? Because right. if you want to make a clean cut and a clean, wipe everybody clean, then you would have, you know, maybe gotten rid of your head coach and you for sure are drafting Caleb Williams. Yeah. But if you're not, now you're like, okay, this, Ryan Pohl said he wants the offensive coordinator candidates to present options for, you know, how can they adapt to whoever is that quarterback and maybe four different quarterback options. Okay, that's all fine and well, but don't you want someone that has a vision for whatever quarterback? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I go back and forth with it, Kevin. Right? No, I think that's – and that's these are the questions that they have to answer at Hallis Hall, and I've said this multiple times. As, as much as these might be difficult questions to answer, it's a really good position for the Bears to be in right now. You would, you would have loved for Justin to leave no doubt and for all of us to be sitting here and saying, without question, he is the franchise quarterback – it's not really the case. They have a lot of different options they can go. But for Ryan Poles, talk about a dream scenario, a new GM getting back-to-back top overall picks. So it, this, you know, it does feel like a crucial moment, just like last offseason did, where I think so far Ryan Poles has done a pretty good job reshaping this roster. It does feel like a moment he has to get this one right, obviously, when it comes to the quarterback. Yeah, and I think... You know, the people that are like, okay, Justin Fields, there's was so much recency bias watching Fields this season. And I think, <laughs> you know, the fans, as we all do, sports fans, we yeah. overreact or we think like, okay, Justin's the guy. He has to come back. They're chanting, we want Justin at the last home game. And, and then there's other people who are like, of course you draft Caleb Williams. But I think, and I'm not making excuses for Fields, because like you said, he should be to a point where he is making uh, like obvious improvement and major progress at this point. There, there's the window and the the chance where to show the flashes need to be more. You know, they need to make more cur- like more appearances. And I think with Justin, I also look at who he had around him. And I know people are going to be like, "Well, great quarterbacks make the people around them better." Well, okay, outside of DJ Moore and Cole Komet, he had nobody. <laughs> I, I mean, you look at yeah. those final games of the season, Kevin, and they got. Trent Taylor, Valus Jones Jr. in a practice squad, Colin Johnson out, out wide. Yeah. So I think you get you build more weapons, and I, I know that was the whole plan last season. And they did bring in a DJ Moore. There's no doubt he added so much to that offense. But how much was Justin really going to go when this coordinator doesn't want to go downfield and he really doesn't have any options in the passing game? Yeah, and to your point, I always say there there is no roller co- roller coaster quite like a Chicago Bears football season, especially especially <laughs> especially when you factor in a young, promising quarterback. And you know, like you said, after that that game against Atlanta, a great moment at Soldier Field, maybe his final home game, the we want Justin, we want Fields chance. And I'm like, this is great. This is great. Justin balled out in that game. He had one of his better games with the Bears. And then as the week moves on, I'm like, well, a lot of those feelings go away pretty quick if you go and lose to Green Bay. And that's exactly what happened. And it was the same old story in that rivalry. And I look, was Justin good in that game? He didn't really have a chance. I mean, all of a sudden the Packers defense looked like the '85 Bears. I thought it was a, <laughs> I thought it was a horrible day for the Bears coaching staff, where it was clear they were out coached in that game. They had no answers defensively or offensively. So, um, look, I, I I've been high on Justin since day one. There is mm-hmm. a lot to sort out here. Big part of it, as you brought up, is what might get offered their way. And I think there will be teams lining up to bring Caleb mm-hmm. Williams in number one because he is a draw. And I know C.J. Stroud has is, is worked out at Houston. But this is mm-hmm. one of the most hyped college quarterbacks 
in a very long time. You know, in a very mm-hmm. long time. And I, I think he got a, a good haul and a fair haul uh, from the Panthers. It might be even bigger this time around. Oh, yeah. And I think they have to seriously consider that because if Caleb is who we, everyone, all the evaluators and scouts say that he is, yeah. I mean, you're bringing in a new offensive coordinator regardless. So you could start fresh and you have, you know, you get, you could get so much draft capital and even an approach free agency in a different sense where you bring in another vet receiver that can, that is like a DJ more that can complement DJ more. And then all of a sudden you're cooking with gas. But I, at the same time, it's just like you said, it was such a letdown. I think the way that they ended the season when you're like, okay, this is the worst time for the offensive line to have their worst game of the season. You don't score a touchdown. And Justin is still, I think there are certain things that hinder his game where when the game's on the line, the two minute drill, you don't have a lot of faith in fields. And he's been in a lot of those situations now. I think last year we were saying it's experience. He hasn't seen it yet. Well, he's seen it now. And there were a lot of close games this year where you're like, you still couldn't, you couldn't finish and you couldn't situationally will yourself, will your team to win. And I think that's something bears, quarterbacks in general have been missing as a as a skill set for sure and I think one of the questions too they have to be asking at Hallis Hall is is there another gear for Justin because mm-hmm. as, as much as we all might we all know uh, his athleticism big playability all those things do they believe that there is another step for Justin Fields do they believe that putting more pieces around him can help him take another step that's a question they have to ask because on the flip side They've never had the long-term 10-, 15-year franchise quarterback that makes you a, con- a contender every single year that Bears fans have just been dreaming about. And it's a question, okay, do we want to be pretty good? Do we want to be close to being great? Or do you want to be a team that is a perennial playoff contender and has a franchise quarterback who's an MVP candidate? And is Caleb Williams that guy? You know, because it is, 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 it's, a, it's a chance to be bold here for the Bears. And that's one of the reasons I think a lot of people were like, okay, you're going to stick with Eberflus. Maybe it was a chance to bring in another high-profile coach and sync him up with a young quarterback. Because that's what it's about, you know, is, is about sustaining success and being a real contender. I mean, I, I think that's, that's what they have to be weighing here is, okay, is Caleb the guy? Do we feel that confident in Caleb or Drake May, whoever it might be, or, mm-hmm. or does Justin Fields have it in him to take another big step and really prove that he is our sure thing franchise quarterback? And I think, too, whatever offensive coordinator they bring, whoever they bring in, has to have this sort of – and this isn't a knock necessarily on Matt Eberflus, but Matt Eberflus is a defensive coach. We all know that. We saw what he did with the defense and how he turned it around. So if you're bringing in a rookie quarterback that needs to develop – you better nail that hire at OC because I feel like at times this season, Eberflus was not clueless as to what the offense was doing, but it was very evident that he was, you know, he, he's not, that's not his wheelhouse. So he, you have no one overseeing this, you know, potential quarterback development, bringing in this rookie generational talent. So if that offensive coordinator and that quarterback coach and passing game coordinator are not, you know, blow your socks off, hires where they feel confident where they can bring someone in and develop them. I don't have faith in Matt Eberflus leading that, that charge or that development. And that's not a, a discredit to him. That's just not his, that's not who he is. So I think he was mindful of obviously the offensive struggles this year. And that was the reason why Luke Getsy is out of a job in Chicago, but 
I think you can agree, Kevin. There are times where we were asking Eberflus questions after the game about the offense, and he was just looking puzzled, you know, <laughs> yeah. as to why it wasn't working. Yeah. So if you have a coach like that, you better nail the hire. And I, I do think Getsy did a good job of scripting plays mm-hmm. early in games, but when it came to in-game adjustments, there just there yeah. just was not there was not enough of it. Um, were you surprised at all? And, and maybe he wouldn't even admitted it anyway. I don't actually. I, I, I know he wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> But he said, "He said no. Of course, I didn't talk to Jim Harbaugh. He's the head coach of Michigan. Where do you do? You, do you buy in that they didn't reach out or look into any other head coaches?" I, I buy into it because I feel like it, the writing was on the wall for us, whether or not fans wanted to see it. But when remember when they felt like Callis was burning to the ground and coaches were being <laughs> fired and they were losing every game and Ryan Poles came down and what did he do in that opportunity? He praised Matt Eberflus. So yeah. the fact that they just continued to get better uh, under Matt Eberflus was very clear to me. Like, he's not going anywhere, and yes, these big, flashy names are going around, but first of all, the Bears aren't going to pay. They weren't going to pay Harbaugh what he wanted. You know, you would right. like to think the McCaskies could push over a blank check and say, whatever you want, Jim, it's yours. But <laughs> I think that was a pipe dream from the jump. And, you know, polls made it very clear and I just, I love that Mark Potash even asked the question. I'm glad that uh, it was asked, but it's just not Bears-like to me right. um, to bring in, they have their guy. And Kevin Warren loved Matt Eberflus, and Ryan Poles loved Matt Eberflus. And personally, just my opinion, as as things progress throughout the season and, it, you know, the, the season wrapped up, that my my feeling was you go all in and get Jim Harbaugh and sync him up with Caleb Williams. Now, I pretty much knew that was never going to happen, but I think a <laughs> yeah. lot of Bears fans would have liked to seen them be aggressive, be bold, bring in a high... Jim Harbaugh's had success everywhere. We know that. But we all knew it probably wasn't going to happen. Uh, before I let you go, Caitlin, besides the big stuff with the quarterback... Um, mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson today named second team all pro. That was not surprising. Ryan Pohl said he's not going anywhere. I don't think any of us expect Jalen Johnson to be playing anywhere next year other than in Chicago. But if you had to kind of give us a rundown of priorities for the Bears this offseason outside of the quarterback position, whether it's offensive line or receiver, whatever it might be, how, how would you kind of rank where you, th- you think Ryan Pohl should, uh, where you think he should attack this offseason? Well, I think thankfully and luckily for Ryan Poles, he's in a much better situation this year when looking at the voids and the holes on his team and what he needs to address. Because I remember last year at this time, Kevin, when we would have conversations, it would be like, pick any position. They need to be better at it. (laughs) And I think at least now they have this launching pad and they have this great foundation. And what he did with bringing in Montez Sweat, and I think the Bears secondary, they're young, they're talented. You mentioned Jalen Johnson. That group, you keep that group together, they continue to grow, and Tyreek Stevenson. So the defense, I'm not even worried about. They could certainly bring in another pass rusher. I think as good as Montez Sweat is, you can never have, and Matt Eberflus loves to say, you can never have too many of those Mm -hmm. guys to bring pressure to the quarterback. For me, it's, it's obviously wide receiver. It's such a glaring hole for them. They just, and Darnell Mooney, I think we've seen the last of him in Chicago. Um, I think he's going to move on, and I, we all wish him well. Um, but I think he, the writing was on the wall with him. So they don't have a number two receiver. They need receivers, and they need offensive linemen. And I know there's he did well in the draft. I think Darnell Wright was great this season. Kevin Jenkins was great, except for that final game. Um, but they have a huge issue at center mm-hmm. because Lucas Patrick, he was great at times. But then as soon as Lucas Patrick was out of the game, it was an absolute disaster. And I think the O-line, the lack of depth, 
was obvious in that Week 18 game in Green Bay. Um, so to me, it's, again, addressing the offense. I think that's where the majority of their holes are. But it's nowhere near the amount of work that he has to do right. or he had to do last season to, to put this team in this position. A strong, steady veteran presence at center is just so badly needed with that offensive mm-hmm. line. And who knows? With They have multiple first-round picks. A left tackle could be in play. Braxton Jones brings some competition in for him as well. Um, yep. they've, they've got plenty of holes to fill, but I'm with the offensive side of the ball. And, and definitely, if you can find another game wrecker up front defensively, bring him to Hallis Hall. That's Caitlin Sharkey. Great stuff as always. Catch her on WGN-TV, GN Sports at Night, and Chicago Football Weekly. Kalen, great insight. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kevin. And that's episode 82 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Caitlin for joining me. Thank you to Ernie Skenton for his help producing the podcast. And thanks to our local Chevy dealers. This podcast is sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Justin Fields Drives. This was episode 82 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.